Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wassalatu wassalamu ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters and welcome to Al-Bayan Live. I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman and I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear brother Sheikh Muhammad Dua. Assalamu alaikum Sheikh. Walaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing today? Alhamdulillah, Sheikh. Allah yibarik fiqh. As always, it's good to have you with us live in the studio. Allah yibarik fiqh. Always a pleasure, Sheikh. And uh, we'd like to welcome all our viewers, all our listeners, <coughs> wherever they may be listening or watching. Sheikh, uh, before we start, how's the coffee? Uh, barakallah fiqh, Sheikh. 10 out of 10 today. 10 out of 10, Allah yeah. akbar. MashaAllah. That's the, that's the best, um, uh, best mark we've got yeah, so far. MashaAllah. Positive for a, feedback. For an automatic machine, very good. Very good. Alhamdulillah. Now, as you know, Sheikh, uh, the tech man inside, he's, yeah. he's a self-proclaimed coffee expert, uh-huh. as we were discussing the other day with Sheikh Nassim. Akhuna uh, Jamal. We don't want to drop his name, uh, but since you did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, he's a bit of a critic. Uh-huh. So he, he'll take that on board that it's a 10 out of 10. MashaAllah. Excellent. He'll probably disagree with me. And he probably he will. He will. <laughs> you can tell he doesn't, he's not a, the biggest fan. 10 as well. Excellent. Allahu Akbar. MashaAllah. Um, Sheikh, uh, today we've entered the night of the 9th of Dhul Hijjah, no. which makes it the day of Arafah, which makes it one of the best days of the year, which is a sunnah to fast. You have your previous and upcoming sins forgiven by the permission of Allah, as mentioned in authentic hadith. Uh, before we get to all that, we've titled today uh, this this topic, this presentation, this program tonight. This day, I have perf- perfected and completed this religion. No. Taking it from the ayah, uh, why this topic and why is it linked to the day of Arafah? Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man ihtada bihuda. Amma ba'd. First and foremost, Sheikh, um, before we begin with uh, the relevance of that verse that you quoted uh, regarding the day of Arafah, um, the first thing I wanted to touch up on was the fact that we are blessed to have the day of Arafah fall on a Friday. And the scholars of Islam have mentioned a number of virtues for when the day of Arafah coincides with the day of Jumu'ah. From them is that uh, it falls on the blessed day of Arafah and also Friday, which is a blessed day. So it's a double blessing, as many of the scholars have mentioned. Also, the fact that this was the the Hajj of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The day of Arafah fell on a Friday with the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in his Hajj as well. So we are blessed and honored when we are given uh, this opportunity. Uh, also, the fact that the day of Friday has a dua which is answered, and that's between the Asr and the Maghrib. And we know that the day of Arafah entirely is a time where the dua is accepted. Oh so we're given two opportunities of the dua being accepted, both the day of Friday and the day of Arafah. So this is an indication, no doubt, for us as Muslims to take advantage um, of this day, the day of Arafah, especially 
the fact that it falls uh, on Friday. Regarding the uh, topic, um, and we mentioned the verse, اليَوْمَ أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ وَأَتْمَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ نِعْمَةِ وَرَضِيتُ لَكُمُ الْإِسْلَامَ دِينَ This verse was revealed on the day of Arafah. And there's a lot of lessons that we take and benefit from regarding this verse and how it was revealed. For we learn that this verse was revealed on the day of Arafah from the hadith of Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And to show the greatness of this verse and the greatness of the day that it was revealed on, the hadith mentions that a Jewish man came to Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu and he said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen. And it's strange, it's strange that you hear a Jewish man addressing Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu as Amir al-Mu'mineen. And we have people who claim to be Muslim who do not acknowledge Umar ibn al-Khattab as Amir al-Mu'mineen. For in some way, the, the Yahud are better than them in some aspects. For he said, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, there is a verse in your Quran which if it was revealed to us Jews, we would have taken that day as a Eid. For the Jews were envious of this verse. And they said, if this verse was revealed to us, that day we would have made a Eid for us. So Umar ibn al-Khattab asked him, he said, and what verse is that? And then the Jewish man replied, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم Today, I have perfected for you your religion. وأتممت عليكم نعمتي And have completed my favor upon you. ورضيت لكم الإسلام دينا and have chosen and accepted Islam for you as your religion. This great verse, the Jewish man told Umar radiallahu anhu, if it was revealed to us, we would have taken it as a Eid. So Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu said to that man, to that Jewish man, he said, indeed, I know uh, when that verse was revealed, on what day and on what place. He said it was revealed on the day of Arafah. It was revealed on the day of Arafah on the Friday. On the day of Arafah on the Friday. So this verse, it shows its significance and importance. And it was one of the last verses to be revealed, Sheikh. It was one of the last verses to be revealed. Because Allah is mentioning in it, today I have completed your religion. I have perfected your religion. And as some of the narrations mentioned, that the Prophet ﷺ, he only lived approximately 80 days after that verse was revealed. So if we look at this verse and its importance, يعني, the greatest of days, the greatest of standing, the Prophet ﷺ, on the day of Arafah, Allah reveals this verse to him. And what an amazing verse it is. Allah informs us that he has completed the deen. And this is what we have to believe in as Muslims. That our religion has been completed by Allah Azza wa Jal.
Sheikh, does that mean there's no room for additions and subtractions? Definitely. Because when Allah says, Al-Yawma akmaltu lakum deenakum. This word akmaltu is from kamal. And kamal means perfection. And if something is perfected by Allah, Sheikh, how can there be room for adding or subtracting from it? Which we can derive that it's complete, perfect, complete. Definitely. And this in itself refutes every innovation that is to ever be introduced into Islam. And this is what the scholars of uh, Islam have mentioned. Because when people innovate into the religion that which is not from it, it is as though they are not accepting this verse. Because as the saying goes, how can you improve on perfect? You can't improve on perfect. So if Allah is telling us today, I have perfected your religion, we have to be content with our deen. And being content with the deen means we do not add to it anything and we do not subtract from it anything. And that's the kamal. This is the perfection. So the sharia, the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have been revealed and Allah Azza wa Jal sent down the last messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with the final revelation and he told us follow. So this is what we are. We are an ummah of ittiba'. We are an ummah of following. We are not an ummah of ibtida' of innovating as the scholars have mentioned. So follow and do not innovate. Exactly. Follow and do not innovate. Do not try to fix something which has already been perfected by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a mercy from Allah as well, dear Shaykh, because upon us is to follow. Follow the way of those who who, who, who preceded you. Naam. You know, namely the Salaf al-Salih. Naam. What rectified their situation will rectify our situation. Definitely. And this is what all of the a'imma يعني, uh, advised and gave us advice. We are not a nation where Allah Azza wa Jal wants us to come up with our own things. We do not have the intellect to worship Allah according to our brains. And Allah knows what he wants from ibadah. And that's why he sent us the law and he told us follow. So we are a nation of following. We are not a nation of trying to create things from our own minds. And that's why the pious predecessors, they all gave this advice. And they would say, what is sufficient for the early Muslims is sufficient for the latter. Meaning, if the early generations did not perform this action, the later generations do not need to perform it. And Allah Azza wa Jal says, مَا فَرَّطْنَ فِي الْكِتَابِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ We have not neglected anything in the book. So we cannot have this mentality where we say um, we are in need of looking past the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the pious predecessors in order to derive our religion. Allah says we have not neglected anything. So Allah Azza wa Jal, as a mercy upon us, He has sufficed us. And the Prophet Wasallam sufficed us and He sent us uh, the Prophet وسلم, and he completed the deen as he mentioned in that verse that was revealed on the day of Arafah. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum would say that the Prophet وسلم, gave us knowledge about everything, even the birds flying in the sky. And Nabi وسلم, did not neglect anything. He did not leave out anything. He completed the message fully 
from Allah Azza wa Jal. So how can I as a Muslim after the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba try to bring things that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not bring? Try to introduce matters into the religion that he did not introduce. Try to have an understanding of the religion that they did not have an understanding of. So this goes back to al-ittiba' to follow. And Allah commands us to follow the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And Shaykh, it is a condition of uh, an act of worship to be accepted, isn't it? Naam, without a doubt. As we know, Shaykh, there are two conditions in order for a worship to be accepted by Allah. The first is that... Sorry, Shaykh, I right. spilled the coffee. <laughs> the first is that the action... Jazakallah khair. The action must be sincere for Allah. The first condition is that the action must be sincere for Allah Azza wa Jal. And the second is that the action must be in accordance to the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So if an action if an action is not sincere, Allah rejects it. And if an action is not in accordance to the sunnah, Allah Azza wa Jal rejects it. And this is a huge misconception that a lot of Muslims have. A lot of Muslims believe that as long as an action is sincere, Allah accepts it. But we know that's not the case. It must be sincere and it must be in accordance to the sunnah. And we always give the example of praying Salat al-Dhuhr five rak'at. If I pray Salat al-Dhuhr five rak'at sincerely for Allah, is Allah going to accept that? Of course not. Because we know that Salat al-Dhuhr is not five rak'at. The Prophet ﷺ taught us it is four. And we apply this with all worship. Every act of worship must be in accordance to the way of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Can we say that in ibadah, it's like a stop sign or a red light until you have evidence from the Quran and Sunnah and the way of the Sahaba anhum? Definitely, without a doubt. That's a principle that Ahlul Alam, and from my memory, I remember reading this kalam for Ibn Uthaymeen rahimahullah, where he said the origin of everything in the dunya is that it's halal until proven haram. When it comes to affairs of the dunya, food, drink, clothing, um, uh, marriage, whatever it is, we say everything is halal until proven haram. But when it comes to worship, it's the opposite. The scholars say every worship is haram, meaning forbidden, until there is proof to say it's halal, proof to say it in accordance to the sunnah. So that's the only thing where that principle is actually the opposite. As for everything else in worldly matters, everything is halal until proven haram. So we cannot perform an act of worship unless we have proof for it. And proof meaning from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the Shaykh, it is like from the mercy of Allah that, you know, as we mentioned before briefly, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as a mercy to us. And sometimes I, I, I don't think... You know, we appreciate this enough. We don't look at this great blessing, you know, as Allah tells us, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ He tells us about the Prophet ﷺ, and I have not sent you except there is a mercy to all of mankind. No. Everybody. No. Everything. No. And this is a blessing I think we neglect, especially where people today are really stumbling in the dark, lost, looking for role models, looking for people to look up to and to follow and emulate. And you see this guy sharing this guy and this one sharing that one. Mm. When you have right before your eyes... On your shelf, you have the Quran, you have the books of Hadith, the way of the Prophet you have his seerah for you. And he, you know, 
لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة. We have the best example in the Prophet. I think we neglect this blessing sometimes, or we don't thank Allah enough for it. Without a doubt, Sheikh, and that brings the next point in the same verse. Allah says, "اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم وأتممت عليكم نعمتي." So not not only does Allah say He's perfected the religion, straight after it He then says, "And have completed my favor upon you." Allah's favors are so many, Sheikh. As Allah says, if you try to count them, you cannot count them. But there's no doubt that the greatest favor of Allah upon us is our deen and iman. And at the head of that is the Prophet Muhammad wasallam being sent to us. This was the greatest favor and rahmah that Allah has bestowed upon us as a nation. Because without the Prophet Muhammad being sent with the guidance, we will be in darkness. Without the Prophet being sent with the light, we will be in misguidance. And the Prophet he came to take mankind, not just the Arabs or the Muslims, to take all of mankind out of misguidance into into guidance out of darkness into light out of bid'ah into sunnah out of shirk into iman that was the whole purpose of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam being sent and what a great blessing that is for us that allah sent him to teach us who allah is to teach us what allah azza wa jal expects from us without the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam being sent to us we would have been left in the dark not knowing allah not knowing what allah loves not knowing what allah dislikes for no doubt there is no greater blessing than the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam being sent to all of mankind even to the animals he was a rahmah sent even to the animals because his laws came giving the animals rights he was a rahmah sent to the women because his laws that allah gave him came giving women their rights and everything has its rights fulfilled through the law that muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam came with so there is no doubt even the kafir that does not know it and nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was a rahmah sent to them when they choose to accept the message of Islam. Sheikh, and we see like, you know, great works in this field, like certain books, how he dealt with them, where the, where the authors, they mention all the stuff, the Prophet Sallallahu all the people he interacted with, no. his leadership skills as a, as a political, uh, as a leader of, or head of state, as we say today, uh, his role as a father, uh, you know, his role as, as a military leader, his role and how he would deal with, you know, his wives, with, his, uh, with orphans, widows, animals, the, the creation it's just no. perfect he's he he sallallahu alaihi wasallam he's he was perfect sallallahu alaihi wasallam because no. allah sent him for us and this is one of the greatest favors as no. we were saying before no. without a doubt sheikh the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam like you mentioned he covered every aspect of life there is not a role in this world except the person in that role can reflect back to the Prophet ﷺ in that role. From the leader of, the, of a country, the leader of a nation, he can take his example from the Prophet ﷺ because he was the leader of mankind. To the husband in the house, he can take his example from the Prophet 
because he was a husband in his house. To the father of the children, they can take their example from the Prophet Allah Azza wa Jal, he made the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a complete package. So that no matter who it is in this world, no matter what role they play, no matter what position they have, they can always refer it back to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The poor can reflect back to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam since he lived a life of poverty also. For there is nothing that Allah Azza wa Jal left out and that should encourage us even more not to look past the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's like the perfect package. So why should I look past him? Why should I look at Fulan and Alan and Imam and Sheikh and, and, and when I already have the complete perfect package through Allah's Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. For there's no doubt that he is the greatest of blessings. And our blessings are many, my brothers and sisters. And there's no doubt your greatest blessing is the blessing of Islam. The fact that Allah Azza wa Jal has chosen you to be from the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam on the Day of Resurrection when every nation will follow what it worshipped. Those who, fo- who worship the sun will follow the sun into the hellfire. Those who worship the moon will follow the moon into hellfire. Those who worship the idols will follow their idols into hellfire. Can you imagine yourself standing on the Day of Judgment and you are honored to be from the followers of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam when every other ummah is being dragged to hellfire following what it worshipped. What an honor. This is the greatest honor. And the more we attach our hearts to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam by following his sunnah, then we are more worthy of being with him on the day of judgment. And that's the love, that's the true love of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. reminds us of the hadith that you should be with the ones whom you love, as the Prophet sallallahu mentioned to one of the companions. Definitely, without a doubt, the person is united and gathered with those whom he loves. So, the most beloved person to us, and that's from our iman, has to be Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And when we live by that, by following his sunnah, then no doubt, we will be with him in the Akhirah. And uh, some people have a distorted understanding of what it means to love the Prophet Like when it comes to Tasawwuf and Sufism, uh, a lot of them claim or believe that loving the Prophet is uh, by uh, over-praising him and over-exaggerating uh, with him regarding his status uh, where they forward worship towards him they go to his grave and they make dua to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they give him the status of lordship and this no doubt is shirk and this is in no way a form of love for the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam if anything this is a disrespect to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The true love of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is by following his sunnah, following his way. And subhanAllah, it's ironic when, when you hear the Sufiya accuse Ahl sunnah of not loving the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for um, yani, uh, rejected reasons where they say things like um, 
you don't uh, celebrate, you don't send salam to the Prophet Sallallahu or you don't celebrate his birthday, so you don't love him. You don't pray the Sunnah prayer. I've heard or that. Or have you, heard you don't that pray before? the, or whatever. Yeah, some of the brothers used to pray Sunnah at home. No, so as as is from which, the Sunnah, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is better. No, so some of the brothers are in one of the masajid back in the day. Used to, uh, I've heard it quite a bit. No, why don't you pray Sunnah in the masjid? Well, the Sunnah is to pray at home if you can. No, without a doubt. So, uh, this is a distorted understanding of what it means to love the Prophet. So, you find, for example, some of the Sophia who innovate in the religion and they claim that this innovation is loving the Prophet. But the reality is, how can it be loving the Prophet ﷺ if I am bringing something into the religion that the Prophet ﷺ did not bring? And the Prophet ﷺ said, I, uh, there is nothing which is good except I taught it to you. And there is nothing evil except I warned you from it. So is this not an accusation against the Prophet ﷺ? And then they make these arguments against Ahlul Sunnah that we do not love the Prophet ﷺ because we don't celebrate his birthday or whatever else. But when you look into the life of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah and the scholars of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah and those who adhere to the way of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, you find that their entire life revolves around imitating the Prophet ﷺ. You find Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah, they try their best to speak like the Prophet ﷺ. To dress like the Prophet to look like the Prophet to believe in Allah the way the Prophet believed in Allah, to have iman in Allah the way the Prophet had iman in Allah. Their entire life is revolved around imitating the Prophet. So the question is, who is the one that really loves the Prophet? Is it me that celebrates the birthday once a year and cries in the masjid um, for half an hour out of love? and emotion for the Prophet and then the rest of my life I'm opposing his sunnah or is it the one that's living day in and day out trying to imitate the Prophet in every aspect of his life now this sheikh as well we say barakallah in, in, in the shahada itself to bearing bearing witness that Muhammad is the slave and messenger of Allah no. uh, a refutal basically of the two extremes you know no. when we say that you know that Muhammad is the abd of Allah, the slave no. of Allah. Here we are, it is basically refuting all those who raised him to the level of uh, lordship, of lordship no. and worship. They, they gave him divinity, they no. gave him rights of worship. And then when we say Rasulullah refutes those who say that Muhammad is just like an ordinary man, like everybody else. No. Allah gave him revelation and Allah Taala inspired him and he does not speak except from revelation. No. So even in the shahada itself, we see that it is basically refuting the one who, you know, the one who goes to either extreme. Without a doubt. And this shows the wasatiyah of Ahlul Sunnati wal Jama'ah. And we ran a very short course a few years ago, Sheikh, right, yeah, if you remember. Yeah. Um, Five the, principles, wasn't it? No, it was the, the middle path, the middle path of Ahl Sunnah between the sects. Yeah, that was done, a different one. Done another course as well, but five principles. The five principles. Nah, mazbut. But the the middle path of Ahl Sunnah, you always find Ahl Sunnah, which is the way of the truth, in the middle between the deviant sects. You have 
people who have overpraised the Prophet and like you said, they've given him the status of lordship and worship, like the extreme Sufiya. And then you've got others who reject the Prophet's teachings and they degrade him where they say we are not in need of his sunnah, like the Quran is. So you've got two extremes. One who have overpraised the Prophet and one who have degraded him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yani degraded him in what they claim. And Nabi sallallahu can never be degraded by anyone. And then you find Ahl sunnah in the middle. They do not go extreme in overpraising the Prophet sallallahu but they still honor his status that he is the best of mankind sent by Allah Azza wa Jal. And the shahada itself that the Prophet ﷺ used to say, as you mentioned, Shaykh Allah Barik Fiqh, proves that he would refer to himself as a abd and a rasul. To remind people, I am a servant, so do not overpraise me. And a rasul, a messenger, so I deserve the status which Allah has given me. Uh, this is the middle path. And we see when the ulama explain what it means to believe in Muhammad Rasulullah is to obey him in what he has commanded, to avoid the prohibitions, and you don't worship Allah and ex- except in the way he worshipped Allah. Nah. Beautiful definition here uh, when the ulama give this. Covers everything there, right there. Without a doubt. Just like the shahada of La ilaha illallah has its conditions, the shahada of Muhammad Rasulullah also has its conditions. And those are the conditions to fulfill that shahada of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that we uh, acknowledge he is the messenger of Allah and the final messenger of Allah and that there is no messenger sent to mankind after him. And as you mentioned before, that he completed the message. And he well. completed the message without a doubt and that we do not worship Allah, as you said, Sheikh, except with what he came with. This is how you truly give the Prophet ﷺ his status, not by running fake emotions and innovating in the religion and claiming this false love for the Prophet ﷺ. The ones who truly love the Prophet ﷺ will follow him. And that's what Allah says, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي Say, if you truly love Allah, then follow me, which is Muhammad Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We have the formula right there. Love equals obedience. Love equals obedience, without a doubt. If the love isn't equaling or resulting in obedience, there's a problem. Yes, a huge problem. It's like a it's like a husband who tells his wife, I love you, but he does everything to oppose her. This is fake love. It's a fake love. So how can I claim to love the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam if I'm opposing his teachings? It's a huge contradiction. Uh, this is why our imma always warned against innovation. And what was sufficient for the Muslims 1400 years ago is sufficient for us today because the deen has been completed as the great verse mentions on this great day, on the day of Arafah. For this day, my brothers and sisters, it is important that we take advantage of it as much as we can and we can maybe go through some of the virtues Sheikh, yes, fadl, Sheikh of the please. of the day of Arafah. You can help me in remembering some of them. Yes. We know it's first me. we know first and foremost that fasting um tomorrow, my brothers and sisters, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, I hope that it is an expiation for the past year sins and the upcoming year sins. For Sheikh, this is a 
a ni'ma and a virtue that Allah Azza wa Jal gives, a gift that Allah gives us every now and then throughout the year, where He have where we have the opportunity to have our sins forgiven, subhanAllah. And wallahi the this type of reward we do not understand its uh, importance until the day of judgment and until we can actually see the effect that it had. If a person just ponders over the last year of their life and thinks about their shortcomings, how much shortcomings would a person have accumulated in one year? Many. Many, Sheikh. On a daily basis, Bani Adam makes mistakes. So imagine the virtue of fasting one day and it wipes that away, meaning from the minor sins, because the major sins require repentance. But even the minor sins, Sheikh, most sins that the Muslims perform, they're minor, they're not major. So if we were to calculate it in number, the minor sins will outweigh the major sins by many, like for most Muslims. For subhanAllah, fasting this one day wipes that away. For this is no doubt a virtue that every Muslim should take advantage of. And Allah is merciful on the day of Arafah more than any other day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the hadith mentions, He frees more slaves from the hellfire on that day, the day of Arafah, than any other day. So we tell our brothers and sisters just to picture yourself, imagine that it has been decreed from Allah Azza wa Jal that you will be from those who are entering the hellfire. And we ask Allah to protect us all. Amen, amen. But imagine on that day of Arafah from Allah's excessive mercy, He chooses to free you. So you've been decreed for one thing and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from His Rahmah, He chooses to free you on that day. Wallahi, it's, a, it's something that the mind cannot comprehend. And it's because we live in this dunya and we don't necessarily see it with our eyes. But the reality in the next life will hit us. Uh, to be from those who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has saved from the hellfire. And this is very scary, my brothers and sisters, because even in the verse Allah Azza wa Jal says, فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةَ فَقَدْ فَاز That whoever is removed, زُحْزِحَ شَيْخ يعني The best way to translate it would be, whoever is removed or saved from the hellfire and put into paradise has won. Some of the scholars said this verse is an indication that every person gets close to hellfire because Allah is saying whoever is removed from the fire. So this is something scary that every person has the possibility of being close to the hellfire and it's only from Allah's rahmah that he removes us and saves us from it. So the day of Arafah is the day of mercy and that is why it is legislated to perform all these acts of worship, especially on this blessed day, especially the du'a. And Sheikh, there is the report, as you mentioned, that, subhanAllah, which I just, another brother just shared it with us. He says, there is no day on which Allah sets free more slaves from hell 
than he does on the day of Arafah as found in Sahih Muslim. Naam. So it is a, that's an amazing hadith in and of itself. Without a doubt. And this is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah chooses to have mercy on this day more than any other day. For how can the Muslim not take advantage of this? And Sheikh, also in, in, in the ending of that hadith, in, as it mentions, uh, he comes close and expresses his pride to the angel saying, what do these people want? Regarding the people of Arafah. Naam. This is an honor for the people standing on Arafah also, where Allah Azza wa Jal boasts them to the inhabitants of the heavens. For, for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to boast about a creation shows how honored that creation uh, is. Uh, and there's no one more blessed than those who get to stand on the day of Arafah on Arafah, uh, on the day of Hajj, to have their sins uh, forgiven. And uh, even though this is special for the people standing on Arafah, this does not mean that the virtue and the ajr and the mercy of Allah does not extend to all of the believers who are seeking his forgiveness on this day. So we, we, we remind the brothers and sisters to fast this day tomorrow, ta'ala, Friday. So we get up for suhoor. Um, you know, as we know, there is blessings in suhoor, and also the the the, the day of Arafah is also part of the you know the overall ten days of the Hijjah and the part of the sacred month of the Hijjah. So do as much good deeds as you can, give some charity, read Quran, do dhikr for the males especially, pray in the masjid, uh, do as much of good deeds as you can. Any any final words or recommendations, Sheikh, before we wrap up? Um, just Sheikh, as we know, the day of Arafah is a preparation for the great day of Eid. So yes, tomorrow is a day of worship. It's a day of dua, that we increase in dua as much as we can to ask Allah Azza wa Jal, as we know Allah descends on the day of Arafah uh, and He answers those who, who are calling Him. Uh, for we should take advantage uh, of this great ni'mah uh, and this great blessing. And then... When the night comes and the people have broken their fast, ta'ala, then the preparation for the day of Eid um, or the night of Eid begins and the preparation for the day of Eid. And we remind the brothers what we usually remind on the day of Eid regarding the Eid prayer um, and to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, on the day of Eid regarding the dress code, the free mixing when visiting family must be avoided and most importantly um, for the brothers uh, or the sisters who have paid for a sacrifice that you do not you remain not cutting your hair or your nails until the animal has actually been sacrificed so some people think tomorrow night uh, before Eid they can cut their hair and their nails this is incorrect um, the hair and the nails cannot be cut for the ones who have sacrificed except once the animal has been sacrificed, which only happens after Eid. After Eid. Sheikh, we have a quick question, if you don't mind, uh, regarding combining intention for those who are making up a day of uh, Ramadan and fasting Arafat. No. I, uh, probably about an hour or two ago, I put up a post regarding this point. 
and a fatwa for Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin, rahimahullah. Allah Azza wa Jal is merciful in every way. Um, regarding this mas'ala, uh, this uh, point, um, can I uh, make up a day owing in Ramadan tomorrow on the day of Arafah? The scholars have mentioned that yes, it is permissible. A person can make up a missed day uh, owing from Ramadan on the day of Arafah. Like a lady or a female who had days owing because of her menstruation, she can make up one of those days tomorrow uh, on the day of Arafah. But what is important, as the people of knowledge have mentioned, is that the intention is only to be to make up a missed day. Okay, so what the scholars say is you can make up a day, a missed day on Arafah, but you make your intention to make up a missed day. And the fact that it falls on the Arafah, the ulama said you receive both rewards. You receive the reward of making up your day and you also receive the reward of Arafah, fasting Arafah, but the intention must only be to make up a day. Barakallah Fiq Sheikh. We thank Barak. you for being with us today and uh, inshallah you'll be with us uh, in further episodes bi idhnillahi ta'ala. I'd like to thank all our brothers and sisters who tuned in or watched tonight's episode. Barakallah Fiq Until Fiqh next Sheikh. time, wafika Barakallah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This program was presented by Albayan Radio, the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.